0: Hello, 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 hello! It's good to see you. Say hello. Welcome to the Huskies Hockey Podcast. This is Weldy uh, sitting in. We got uh, we're calling up the bench. Uh, we got Alexander Fern, uh, sports director at KVSC. Sports director, that's your title, right? Indeed, uh, does some uh, play-by-play as well for KBSE. Um, are, are you also running the KVSC Twitter account? Uh, is that you behind? Or is you take the KVSC
1: Hockey Twitter? Yeah. Uh, earlier this year, yes. It, it whoever usually it's whoever does color for the game is doing the uh, Twitter. But as of late, our our in studio producer Gavin Nelson has been running it just to ah. give us a little bit less things to worry about.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's a good point um well alex uh you can follow him at alex in the booth um obviously a, a wonderful follow when it comes to some uh in, insights in uh when, when it comes to both the men's and the women's Husky team uh but you know right off the bat let's just kick it off talking about the uh the big sweep in kalamazoo um kind of a house of horrors yeah. there uh <laughs> well, last three times there Uh, We've been swept out of the building. Some games looking not so great. We're able to sweep them uh, six points, and we we sit at the uh, top of the NCHC. Uh, Biggest question I have, uh, how are there no hot dogs at Lawson? Like, uh, what what is that about?
1: I, uh, oh, God. Um, I went to, so Friday before the game, me and Zach Chapman, one of our members who does broadcasting for us uh, for men's and women's hockey, uh, we went out to like this hockey bar to eat before the game because we're like, oh yeah, let's, let's Kalamazoo. We we'll go see like what place to eat. By the way, great hamburgers. By the way, they, they had great food. And I get to the rink. I'm like, you know, I'm not that hungry. We'll hold off on the hot dog review that we do. Like, I'll, I'll hold off until tomorrow. And before the game, you know, like I think 30 minutes before doors open or whatever, I'm like walking around the the what, quote concourse that they have. It's just, like, it, I'm walking around. <laughs> just a high reads, school rink. So. Yeah, I'm driving around or not driving, but I'm walking around. Like, and there's like three like food booths, and I'm looking around. I'm like where if I I have issues and I like I ask somebody I'm like do you guys do hot dogs here and they go oh no 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 we don't and I'm just I I sit there like flabbergasted (laughs) and I I go back to our our booth which uh we weren't you know how Lawson has like the press box that like hangs down from the arena Hmm. we're on the opposite side of that in the tv camera wells because you know they don't exactly have a lot of spot space there which is fine Hmm. um so I (laughs) we (laughs) I get there and I talk to Zach. I'm like, dude, they don't have any hot dogs here. And he, and he and I make the tweet, you know, and I say I have some bad news. And Giselle, who is a really good friend of ours, who you know replies to most of our tweets about Husky hockey, she goes, "When you started off with the with the tweet, I thought something bad happened to the team." And I'm like, <laughs> "No, nope, just I I'm just not having a good time right now." And then Zach said, "It dropped the arena whole letter grade." So I mean, yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, that's I'm fair. a little upset. Although I will say kalamazoo got when i was going in i wasn't expecting you know a good like a good hockey rink i wasn't expecting like a lot of good you know things to come out i i'd heard bad things i love that place yeah i that place when it gets bumping and you know the crowds into it and they're chanting select words at dylan anhorn it is phenomenal (laughs) that 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 rink is one of the best places i've ever called called hockey in.
0: yeah and um it looked like it had a good uh, atmosphere, especially when they had stuff to cheer about on Friday, um, and <laughs> and that translate yeah. I thought really well um, over. Um, it, it's one of those a lot of those Michigan actually arenas are, are some that are on my bucket list, so to speak. When it comes to that maybe when I get you know retired, um, you know I'm a millennial, so I probably won't be able to retire. But if I am ever able to, <laughs> like I would like to do like a Northern Michigan, Michigan Tech kind of road trip um you know uh up there and you know some of the you know uh western michigan i like to m- have a game there um you know a little some. far out
1: of the way but maybe go to ferris F. And state too oh fair
0: duh. no i'm not setting foot at that place so, <laughs> uh huskies win three to two on friday um and end up winning three to nothing on saturday um so I'll just kind of start off given my uh, thoughts on the game you being there calling the game um obviously you you probably have a little bit uh, of a different take or will have different opinions but I mean just throughout the stretch of of the game I I, I thought Saint Cloud w- with the aggressiveness that Western Michigan played with, I think that caused a lot of troubles, a lot of turnovers for St. Cloud and through some of the stretch of the game, St. Cloud didn't look very good. Um, So it was, I I think that might be a little bit of a blueprint to kind of beat the St. Cloud team is just having that aggressiveness cause coughed up a lot of turnovers. Uh, Their second goal, uh, Granger, um, the puck that bounced up into the slot that was, you know, caused by some of the aggressiveness, um but that's uh that's something I was um you know kind of my main takeaway uh when it comes to it. But um Huskies were able to get on the uh um you know like or late in the first, uh Huskies were uh down, um one nothing uh on Cassetti's goal, um and then uh Barrett Hall uh on a nice uh give and go from uh Adam Ingren. Um, you know, got the return bass. And it was that uh you know, kinda of, kinda of that little uh, uh leaker uh that we're so used to from Caster over the past couple of years that I thought Roe actually had a couple of those leakers uh that he would definitely like back that uh was able I, to get
1: through. I've always thought the leakers were more of a Rennick thing than a Caster thing.
0: Oh yes, I'm sorry, yes, Rennick, yes. The the Rennick leaker.
1: caster Castor was, was just the Quinnipiac game, and I and I've forgiven him for his transgressions, so Which uh, I I, I do want to touch on. Yeah. A a good thing for Jackson Caster. Now teammates with Micah Miller again in Atlanta for Mm -hmm. the ECHL Atlanta Gladiators.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but you know, one thing that I really loved about uh, Friday's game is that, you know, Granger got that turnover, was able to pot it in past Bassey and, um, you know, Huskies were able to respond. Um, you know, this is was, you know, one of those things that was like, not only were we able to respond, um, able to get one Jack Rogers in front with a beautiful, looked like backhand roof, just uh, shot in close. Um, that uh, was able to convert. And that was what, 50 seconds later. And then um, Alpha, how, you know, his uh, season has been just, Uh, beyond anyone's expectations, at least beyond my expectations. Maybe not anyone's, maybe not his, but um, just to see everything click as well. Cause last year he went into so many times where he just kind of disappeared and he was able to kind of come back and and be a solid point producer. But here he's just been hitting the ground running, just shooting. And it's been going in Um, and uh, you know, not only responding after Granger's goal, uh, but, to kind of to keep up that pressure and then put it on um, what was kind of the big point for me I'll talk about our defensive shell in a second but I want to get your take there about the response um, after Granger's goal who well, I thought Granger had a great weekend for Western
1: uh, Luke Granger is one of the best players in college hockey plain and simple I mean yes yeah. he's the he's the life breath of that Western Michigan team he is so fast he just, he he just makes plays that you know simply aren't there when i see him and then he all of a sudden he's wide open in the slot but i yeah that goal was just it took a couple of weird hops st. cloud turned it over nothing Basique really could have done on that on that shot to be honest and i you know we give him ragging for you know the high blocker issues that he's had in the past but i mean I, it's
0: The first, I mean, the first goal that was in close, I took a screenshot, I took a picture of it. He went down a little bit early on that
1: one. Yeah. And he, he always has that issue, I feel like early in games. I think like after the first period, I think he just settles in really nicely. We saw that in the St. Thomas series. He didn't see a shot until like seven, seven minutes into the first period. And then the floodgates opened for the Tommies. And, you know, and then, Mm -hmm. you know, he saw like six shots in the first three minutes against St. Thomas on that Sunday game and he got a shutout. So, it all comes to whatever he's seeing first, I think for bassy that makes him so successful, but yeah. Uh,
0: so that defensive shell, we need to move that to the beginning of the game uh, <laughs> to get Bassey uh, the, the kind of going.
1: Maybe it, wait back, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. Then Rogers goal. He's a guy that I had very high hopes for coming into the season. <laughs> you and, and Joe Husky's woo. <laughs> I I really liked what I saw from him the second half of last year. He was just prototypical, you know, down low, bang bang type player. Is just going to get in front of the net and score those greasy ones. He scored a greasy one, his first goal of the season on Mm -hmm. that Friday game. Yeah, just a puck that kind of magnetated or like levitated towards his stick, and he just roofed it on Cameron Rowe, who was way out of position. But uh, he he you can't you score what you're supposed to. I mean, uh, yeah he he looked he. Made a good play. He also I I know it doesn't really to matter, but he sellied after that goal too. Like I had never seen that boy Selly before, too. <laughs> I, I feel like a giant monkey came off of his back on that goal too, because he also then after that, uh after that, Vini Mietnin, thirty-five seconds later, walks in on a one on three weird play, harsh angle, uses a guy as a screen and fires it low glove on Cameron Rowe. I
0: I I couldn't tell from the camera, did that get tipped at all or was it just straight in with the screen
1: no it was just straight in and it it it, vd's vd's shot coach larson will tell you it's so deceptive because he he brings it towards him like kind of like a pseudo toe drag before he shoots at least when he's not shooting one-timers on the power play he'll he'll pull it in and he'll just he'll just throw it on you and it it just kind of it shifts a little bit i don't know if he creates like any not to be a baseball term, but like spin rate on a puck, if that's measurable at all. And then Roe just gets beat clean. And, you know, you t- touched on it earlier. He goes through these dry spells and, you know, talking to him earlier, like pre-season, he talked about, he just wants to get off to a good start and, and just continue to build it from there. And the guy has six goals in six straight games. Hmm. He's in all honesty, top three player in the NCHC right now, probably just behind Jackson Blake and. I I can't really name a another one right now. Uh, <laughs> in all honesty, maybe I don't know if you ask. I, I I'm blanking on somebody else that's really better than VD right now. In all honesty, yeah, right uh, maybe now. Dylan Anhorn. Anhorn's been pretty good. He has he's been a point per game player so far this season. Uh, uh, but I
0: are uh, we're gonna see Ben Steves coming up. Uh, that's he, true. Yeah, he, we'll he, see he, Steves, and he so so I, I has think the history well, against St. Cloud. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that, but we'll touch on uh, Minnesota Duluth a little bit later.
1: But yeah, VD he mentioned that he just wanted to get off to a fast start, and he's doing that. And we're I, it feels like we're seeing more of freshman year VD Miatnin right mm-hmm. now, where he's where he's facilitating his own play. He's not depending on Yami Chronal and Zach Okabe to give him the puck in open space. He's been the driver for it, and that, that's one thing we saw like last year when he kind of went vacant for a little bit is when, when Yami Kranula was scoring all those goals, Vidi Miettinen wasn't scoring. And yep. when Yami wasn't scoring, Vidi was the one scoring. So it it's kind of just a trade-off. And with, I don't want to look too far into it, but with Yami gone and Werner on that line now, his brother, who he's played with in the past, both in juniors and, you know, just growing up, he's kind of just turned, him up, turned it up on an upper echelon, both offensively and defensively. And Zach Okabi has kind of taken a backseat to it. And I... I, we'll talk we'll touch on him a little bit. He got a point on Saturday which I feel will open up his game a little bit more as well. God, but, I yeah, hope so. VD. V.D has just been the he's kind of been the revelation so far for the Huskies this year cuz we need the Huskies needed him to be good for the Huskies to, you know, do yeah. a lot this year, especially after losing guys like Crookshank, like uh Micah Miller, like uh in Spellacy, like those guys and you know Yeah, VT's just been good.
0: (laughs) I do have to say that on Saturday, because they put the whistles away on Friday, not to say that there was a lot of like easy penalty calls. Saturday was a different story. And I thought Mm -hmm. they were going to get VT for an interference call, which would have been his (laughs) first career. There was one instance where I was like, ooh, the way they're calling, that one was close. And they ended up not calling it. So he still got zero uh, penalty minutes in his career.
1: I think if Saint Cloud like win an eight to nothing game and like he has like six goals and he takes a penalty, I think he, I think he, we might not hear from him in like four weeks. He just won't talk. <laughs> I he, that man that man holds himself to such a high high standard when it comes to how he disciplines himself, which is really good to see because he's also just like a good guy. He's he's not as yeah. loud as like you know Yami would be, but he's quiet, confident, cool, collected, just you know everything you'd want and just you know your leading goal mm-hmm. scorer.
0: Um. Now, I would have to go back, but, you know, kind of looking, thinking about his previous goals and all of the goals he scored this year, um, has he scored on the one-timer this year? He's got seven goals on the season. I don't think any of them have been on the one-timer, have they? And that was like the bread and butter last year. Yeah, he's had a couple power play. I don't think they were the one-timer, though.
1: The only one that I think might have been the one timer was the one at like the late tying goal against St. Thomas where we were in the black jerseys at home. That might have been a one timer or it might have just been like a walking rooster. I don't remember. I'd have to I'd have to go back and look as well. But yeah, he, he sure loved that one timer last year. He still likes it. He's just not scoring right now. So I mean right. I, Yeah, he's I I would much rather him score with the uh wrist shot than just throw another one timer <laughs> right into a dude's chest, but that's that's uh, Well, also-
0: I think that's also being telegraphed real well, but uh, also I think um you know, Huskies have been able to kind of play off that a little bit and kind of change lane and get some um open up some lanes as well the other way. And, so
1: <laughs> not to get too off topic, but uh not that it matters at all, but uh you know, with the power play for St. Cloud State this year, you have a couple of scoring opportunities. You have Anhorn who can throw one in from the point. You have guys like you, you know, goal scorer Molinar. And score. <laughs> yeah, Molinar's like, on the first power play unit. And like everybody I, expected. <laughs> and uh not not to not to chew you out a little bit, but uh Salquist looks good, man.
0: God, he does. Like like I I have to give him props for how much I've been dragging him, you know, for his career, but over the last couple of weeks, really that whole line that um Coopka um line has been in, way above my expectations when they were first put together. The, the Grizzled Young
1: Veterans is what we call them.
0: Uh, so it's it's been <laughs> Yeah, so like they've 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 been great to to see. I just would have never guessed Molinar being our second leading goal scorer um on the team. <laughs> you and me both. So but um but I like the goal he scored on on Friday that or on Saturday, that power play goal, um, really reminiscent of that uh third hat trick goal that he scored um uh, last week against Miami, where he, he just found a soft spot. He was left alone and it was just an easy tap in right there. Oh, was that just? Yeah, who, when the power how many play people expired.
1: think of? But, that was just when the power play expired. Yeah, that was. Yeah. But yeah, but so. yeah, yeah. I can I can see it. Like Pat Firstweiler, like you know, looking over you know his lines, you know, before game, is like oh, who's thinking about Joe Molinar on the back door on a power play,
0: <laughs> right? So
1: <laughs> and and yeah, you mentioned like the whistles being blown a lot on Saturday. Sam Colangelo getting that major did not help Western Michigan whatsoever. That's your second line right winger there, Transferred from Northeastern, had high hopes for him. I personally thought Lidke had a play earlier than that, where I thought he could have gotten the gate as well, where he put his guy into the boards pretty hard with the Uh, Mm cross-check. But then again, you know, it doesn't matter anymore because those games are over. But yeah, and St. Claude's penalty kill as well. Like, I think they're 10 for their last 10 on the penalty kill right now, which is, you know, you're going up against a top penalty or a power play in Western Michigan. You're going to... At least do somewhat decent <laughs> if you're if you're ten for ten against them. So I mean, yeah, they've yeah. special teams have just been solid for Saint Cloud all around so far this season. Ten games in,
0: and and um, coming up against uh, next week too. I think uh, Minnesota Duluth is sitting at thirty five percent on the power play um, as of right now, which is ungodly high. So it'll be tested again this week. The only way they
1: can score right now, yeah, that's true.
0: Um, so. Uh, back to Friday's game, Western Michigan uh, is down two to one. I felt like, or I'm sorry, down three to one or three to two. Jesus, I'll get it right. Um, and then <laughs> I, f- I felt we we go into that defensive shell, and I, I felt like it was a lot of chipping and just get it out of the zone type situations. And even sometimes I didn't think it was that effective. Uh, sometimes we weren't able to clear the zone. I don't know. Like some of that, some of that played towards the end got me a little bit more nervous than it should be. Um, when it when it comes to that, so I was uh, I was in full butt clench mode uh, when it comes to that end of end of that game because I felt like uh, Western Michigan they had a lot of late game heroics not only even this year but last year too. So I was expecting another one to kind of kind of pop in, but the Huskies were able to hang on and and, and get a victory.
1: Yeah, it's uh, that that segment where they just kind of controlled play for I think like a solid three or so minutes, and then pulled their goalie with like two and a half. Uh, it was it was time for me to you know check my blood pressure in the booth as well because you know I I, I kind of saw it coming if that makes any sense. I saw you know some hands on you know some sticks on knees, and I was like, all mm-hmm. right, well. These guys are going to get tired, and, you know, if it's going to happen at some point. And I don't know if you remember it at all, really, uh, last year, but uh, do you remember when St. Cloud was in North Dakota for that Saturday game where North Dakota had, like, a solid six straight minutes of zone time? Yep. And I think that was the game St. Cloud won in a shootout or something but it felt very reminiscent of that where it just kept coming and coming and coming and then you know Saint Cloud would get a clear they Brett Larson would take a timeout get the units changed and then a face off win or a bad bounce would not go Saint Cloud's way but it, they say bend but don't break Saint Cloud didn't break they stood strong which is uh it's a big momentum boost for a defensive core that you know is you know solid when you have you know guys like Lidkey and Horn Pierre everybody else is pretty much underclassmen except yeah. for Carl Falk. So those young guys who I should say, by the way, have impressed me so much. Those guys, you know, the Ewarts, the, the, uh, the, excuse me, I can't think of his name. Warren Clark. Clark. Uh, I thought this was Clark's yeah.
0: best weekend.
1: Clark is a guy that they have very high hopes for. I mean, I would mm-hmm. too. He's a Tampa Bay draft pick and you know, they have a pretty good history of, you know, defensemen. <laughs> so I'm not going to, not going to trash any of that, but yeah, Clark. Clark is going to be a guy that Brett Larson is going to you know play through his highs and lows just yeah. to learn. I as he should. I think
0: he he did with Piets as he, well.
1: I, yeah, so. I think he could have benefited from another year in juniors, but you know, because he
0: went up two ranks essentially.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and yeah, but he he's looked he's looked good at, at, in flashes. Like you'll see him bring like begin the escapade up the ice with the puck to break out. And you'll see him hit a tape to tape pass. You're like, oh, that was crisp. And then you'll see him fan on a pass, and then it turns the other way for a breakaway for Mankato, and they score to make it like three to one. So
0: yeah.
1: you giveth and you taketh. Yeah, it is kind of a Jack Peart freshman year situation where you saw flashes like that Peart could facilitate play, and then you would see flashes. Where you're like, ah, uh, I wish he you know could have marinated a little bit. But yeah, young defenseman also looked really good at least on Friday as well. So
0: able able to escape with that one. Uh, Saturday's game. You know, obviously after after that Friday game, to going into Western Michigan, happy with a win. You know, I was thinking that everything more is going to be gravy. Um, so uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the hit, which was just an absolute dumb hit. Um, for that yeah. uh, five minute major. I mean, Okabe's back was. Numbers you know, all the way. No, yeah, it, it was about um, about half ice. They were coming across and and, and delivered that hit. So
1: and my but, my favorite part about that was uh, when they were viewing it, and then Calangelo left the box, and the crowd cheered, and then immediately booed when he left the ice. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you don't oh, you time. don't get that skate of shame at the uh, at the uh, Herb Brooks National Hockey Center for the for the the uh, visiting team because uh,
1: they just you, turn around and you leave. just
0: turn around and leave. So Jason Bryan probably has a couple of words that he can probably say that uh, probably hears on his on his way past, but
1: <laughs> like um, a Chris Jandrick spearing situation. Yeah. So Brogzinski. we
0: had yeah we had um so I mean Okabe you know uh. Got the hit. I think it was a couple of minutes earlier, though. He had a two-on-one, and he just coasted in. And that's where it's just like, Okabe, I don't know where his confidence right now is when he handles the puck and when he's about to shoot it, because he's made some really nice passes. He had one pass, I think against Miami, that was a no look, the no look yeah, right on the tape. Um, So, but it was just, I don't know if he's just lacking a little bit of confidence when it comes to shooting, but like, it's like he was undecisive the, even like one stride before the blue line and he didn't take another stride and then he got caught by the back checker. So it was, it was one of those things that was like, "Well, Kabi, buddy, what are you doing? We're like, like this is like the one last key, I think, to get really all of the the cylinders kind of firing for this team." And it just, I don't know, it it was it was kind of an alarming play that we I've never seen him, you know, never seen something like that happen from him. He's.
1: I think, and I could tell it to him to his face too. I think I'd be comfortable. I think he's kind of in his own head a little bit. That, I think that's uh, kind of what
0: it feels like. Yeah, I
1: think uh, he kind of. I'm trying to like think of a series that really illustrates it. Uh, the Mankato series. He had, I think, like a wide open four by six, and I don't know if it was Tracy or Rancier. I think one of those goalies was hurt that weekend, and he got absolutely robbed by his blocker, and it just. I, I think that deflated him a little bit, which cause he, it feels like whenever they play Mankato, he always scores. Cause he's, mm-hmm. he's just that good of a hockey player against those guys. Like his first, remember he had four he goals in against against one game them. his freshman yeah. year. Yeah. I, the, the kid, Okabe's a fantastic hockey player. And mm. I, I still think when he, when he gets one, when he gets one, he's, he's going. And yeah. keep in mind with that assist that he got on Saturday, he's 1 point away from number 100.
0: It's been and the slowest <laughs> climb to 100 points. I think what he started at 95, 96, what is he at? Yeah, right he now? started at
1: 95.
0: 95 I think, right? So, I VD's mean, he's at
1: 96 right now too.
0: Yeah. So we got we got two in the uh so if we were to do a prop bet right now, the way these uh two players are going, who do you think reaches 100 first?
1: Okabi reaches Friday. I'm very confident about it. Ooh, all right, I like it.
0: You heard that call here. So, Okabi.
1: Uh, keep in mind, uh, one of the last times these two teams played at the Herb in regular season, Okabi scored an overtime winner against Minnesota Duluth. That's true. He's he also like he wakes up for these rivalry games. He remember that that overtime winner against North Dakota at the X last year. He he wakes up <laughs> for those, and I I'm convinced. The moment that it goes, you'll you'll see him. You'll see the weight come off of his shoulders, and I'm expecting him to have like a two or three point night that night too. Yeah, so.
0: yep. I can see I can see that happening. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, the Alpha scores uh, about five minutes uh, into or left in the uh, first period on what was up until then an absolutely abysmal power play. Terrible. Well, the zone the one that they had was earlier
1: seen. was the worst thing I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah,
0: it was just. Just not able to get, and I think that's where that Western Michigan aggressiveness, because um, I thought they were really aggressive on the power play overall all 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 weekend or on the penalty kill, um, and I think that was that was still kind of getting to them, um, you know, in the in the first uh, penalty and then the the five minute as well. But I mean, obviously, that's all essentially erased when you get that one power play goal um, with the shot for B T. So it's so that was a little bit of a little bit frustrating because you, you go in and you're up one nothing, but you had seven minutes of power play time and you only have six shots on goal. So, so, and so it was just one of those things that was like, it it just, you know, I'm happy we're up, but we're, we're just, everything isn't really clicking on all cylinders. And I think in that game too, Western had three or four post shots if I'm trying to remember correctly, or maybe that was Friday's game, one of the games that felt like they were ringing iron quite often.
1: Yeah, Friday they were hitting post after post after post. Okay, that was Friday. It felt like. And, you know, Saturday was more of a... Saturday's what I would call more of a prototypical Brett Larson game where where most of his offense is when you wait back and wait for somebody to make a mistake and then kill somebody in transition, that kind of thing. Although the, the Ashan goal was uh i don't really know how to explain it it was i don't know a a, a good goal i <laughs> it was it, it was it right was, in front and you got his stick uh, on it so
0: you got that tip yeah i mean you had um right when you saw also you had warren clark with that lane too and you know right right away you're like fire it you, you got a lane there you got a sean in front too providing a screen um and then there was uh ewert as well uh with the assist so that was i believe his first point um as, yep as he got Oscar him on the too.
1: Brett Larson show with Jim Erickson at the Green yeah. Hill on Monday
0: yeah. so uh so but um with that it, it just it, it still felt like western michigan had a little bit better the play um you know we had a power play there um uh towards the end of the second just a couple of minutes later um, that just expires. And then uh, Molinar, like we talked about, had just a, just a very easy tap in to make it three, nothing. And, you know, as escaping, you know, I don't even escaping, may be a little bit too harsh, but you know, cause that's a tough place to play against a very good team, but getting those six points, I mean, that's going to be huge when it comes to, you know, where we're at in the standings right now and where, where those points are are, are going to be. So, ah. Um, I don't know what, a, I don't know. So right now kind of, I'm kind of mixed. I, you know, obviously I'm happy with the six. I think we could have played a little bit better at times, but we converted on our chances. Western Michigan didn't. I thought Bassey played, you know, definitely well on Saturday. So, um, o- overall it's, uh, I don't know. I, I was over overall, I'm happy with the results. And I still think that since we're getting points, when these weekends still where we're not pulling our full potential, I think, I think that's massive that we're still getting these points when, when we're, we're still kind of, I don't know, running in quicksand, I guess, so to speak. So I think that's a sign of a good team that once everything starts clicking, you know, watch out.
1: Yeah, this is uh statistically, this is the first time St. Cloud State has swept the first, Two uh, weekends of NCHC play since the 2018-19 year, which you'll recall, I believe, was the year St. Cloud State lost in the first, it was either, no, that wasn't the first round, it was the year they lost to Duluth in the, uh, the one of the greatest games ever played in conference history, I think. I think that was that year.
0: No, that game, that game
1: sucked. I don't want to talk about it. I well I I wasn't here, but I, I I've heard very good stories just about how good of a hockey game that in total was. Oh
0: no, no it was the Duluth fans that were sitting next to me. Uh but it was I mean, yeah, the game itself wasn't was incredibly good. Um but it was just annoying that it didn't go St. Cloud's way.
1: I yeah, <laughs> Nor did the I, next
0: week go St. Cloud's way.
1: Or the week after, really. <laughs> Any, any, after that, uh, was it, was it AIC <laughs> that year? Was that, that, that season? I think. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The Air Force and AIC kind of blend with me. Cause I wasn't, I don't really, I wasn't following the team. Air Force was the, when Motsko left and then AIC was Larson's first year.
0: Yep. Yeah, correct.
1: Yeah. Okay. What I thought. Um, yeah, this, uh, it, it, was really hard for me to gauge, you know, where this team would be at coming into this, this weekend series. All along, no matter what, even if this team started off, you know, eight and no coming into Western Michigan, I wasn't expecting them to win either of the games, just because they had never, you know, played well here in the last uh, however many years since Robbie Jackson did the Patrick Kane heartbreak Sully, to the to the loss of lunatics. So uh, <laughs> I, yeah, this. If you would have asked me, you know, after the Mankato series, if I'd expect this team to, you know, sweep. Miami and all I would have been like eh, I don't I, yeah. I don't know but now it's coming out that Miami's kind of they are what we thought they were so I I although their their win over Arizona State helps our pairwise a lot <laughs> yeah because of Arizona State beating Denver so uh yeah, just this that helps our pairwise a lot
0: yeah that that, that circle of college hockey just you never know what's going to happen
1: um yeah, especially this year.
0: Uh last thing I kind of want to touch on uh when it comes to this series um uh before we head over to uh previewing Duluth. Um just 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 what what are your thoughts on linesmen and lack of ability to drop the puck? Cuz I felt it was absolutely on full force this weekend. <laughs>
1: The, the, this weekend was the worst <laughs> I'd seen it this year. I thought, for the most part, I haven't had an issue with them dropping the puck this year. I thought it's been better than it was last year. Uh, this this weekend, it was just I don't know. You probably weren't listening to me that much, but it, uh, actually, you're You, replied to oh, you guys are ahead
0: of the the NCHC stream.
1: I apologize. So
0: That's, put put it a little delay. You got to get like a twenty second delay on your streams.
1: Uh yeah, well we're.
0: Or at least able yeah, to have would, us pause and then hit play and catch up right there instead of going uh, live. You know, you know what? I'll, talk, too I'll, efficient. Talk, to
1: our, I'll yeah. talk to our Jim Gray, not the goalie, to see if we can set that up. So, Thank uh, you. Appreciate uh, it. Yeah, the, I, don't, I haven't really had that much of an issue with officiating so far this year as I have had in years past. Do I think some majors should have been called? Yeah. Do I think some penalties should have been called? Yeah, but that's just hockey. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna get in my soapbox and you know talk about how the entire world of refereeing needs reform because you know these guys have a very hard job and it's it's kind of hard to, you know follow everything that's happening on the the sheet of ice. So. Well, and
0: then not only that, uh, nobody wants to do it. So it, it's yeah. it's like it, it's one of those things. It's like oh, we should get better refs. It's like okay, like where are they? I mean, yeah. it, it's an easy like
1: so. Trust me, Tom Stearns would have retired long ago if there were if there wasn't a referee shortage. (laughs) So, but
0: um, pivoting over to Minnesota Duluth, um, now when you're kind of looking over, you're prepping uh for for calling the game. Are you on the uh, Are you on the play by play this weekend or are you? Yep. Because I know you guys. My are first fans, play-by-play so. series
1: since Alaska.
0: Ooh, there you go.
1: So hopefully, and uh, that was a uh, that was a fun one.
0: <laughs> so, kind of when you're going through and uh, kind of preparing, what do you kind of look at first? What do you look at for this team, or you know, what do you uh, kind of what what do you go into preparing for a weekend uh, for calling on radio?
1: I. I kind of funnel it out, if that makes any sense. I like to start with goalies, then go to defensemen, then go to forwards for when I'm when I'm getting ready. So the first thing I'm going to look at when I when I prep this week is I'm going to look at Tyson. And mm-hmm. as far as I've heard, as far as I've known, as far as I've seen, Thiessen's really the only reason this Duluth team is even in these games that they're playing. You know, close in there, oh five and one in their last six. But he's the only reason that they've really been in those games in total. Uh, he has been. Absolutely phenomenal for them. He Saint Cloud really didn't see him that much. They well, saw him in that Saturday game, the last regular season game of the year, and then uh, they saw Stay School for the playoffs, if I remember correctly. But uh he big. He's a he's a burly goaltender. He's kind of uh, he covers up a lot of the net, but he can make these you know to quote the Dallas Stars color guy these mastodonic saves where he'll you know he'll be way out of play and then all of a sudden. I, I, he's kind of like Ryan Fanti. Like he'll be out of a play and then all of a sudden you see a glove reach out and the puck's in it. So I, it, it's weird, you know, in terms of goaltending, because I'm assuming he'll play both games this weekend, especially if uh Stasekul is still injured and can't go, which we'll probably find yeah. out game time. Uh, or I could listen to Bruce's radio show if I wanted to, but I don't really have the time. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, that, that's like the most solidified place of their, Other team that I can think of. And then I look at the Defense Corps. So,
0: one of my, something to say. Yeah. One of my favorite things. uh, I don't know. I don't know if you're too young to remember Harambe, but it's 2016. Yeah. But one of my favorites uh, was. Uh, somebody in the dog pound. I can't remember if it was the dog pound or the puppy pound, but they had they held up a sign that says Bruce Sisky killed Harambe. So every time oh, I hear no. Bruce Sisky's name, I think of that sign. I wish I could find a picture of that sign. It was it was pretty funny. That's I so think funny. Bruce got a kick out of it too.
1: Yeah, Bruce gets a kick out of it. I'm excited to talk to him about my Cubs poaching his uh brewer's manager when I see him well, on yeah. Friday. So big big fan of Craig Council. So yeah, their their defense as well is a bit odd because they lost Kaiser and that's going to be your biggest, you know, guy in terms of, you know, oh, like notability or notoriety, excuse me. So I don't, and once again, I haven't gone into my deep dive yet. I, I don't do that until like Thursday. So sure. <laughs> I start, I start prep usually today or tomorrow. So
0: yeah. Yeah, because when I think of their defensemen, um, you know, Gelatin is the guy that I feel like I hear yeah. him. I like I don't know why his name. Maybe it's his name that just sticks out as much, so I just hear it, or Are you he's just about always Owen Gallatin? on. The oh, a Gallatin, yeah, Owen. yeah. I, Owen Gallatin.
1: I, I, sorry, I was like, I, like the Thanksgiving fruit thing.
0: <laughs> I, 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 I said that because of. Uh, Dan Jacobson posts the meme of "That's a padlin," so I always read it as Uh-oh. "That's the gelatin." And anyway,
1: <laughs> it's gotcha. um,
0: uh, yeah. So that that that's how I always say it in my head. But um, yeah. And then obviously, um, Steve's and Low Height, I feel like are all like those are just forces. Um, when it comes to their offense, so um, yeah. you know, just having this team on an O five in one stretch. It, it it feels, you know, and we're on a 4-0 stretch. I don't know. Like, I want to be incredibly optimistic about this weekend, but this just feels like one of those weekends where, like, just Minnesota-Duluth ends up right in the ship this weekend magically, and then we kind of have a little bit of a stutter. And I hope that's not the case, but I, I don't know. I feel like St. Cloud's going to be a little bit of trouble this weekend.
1: I, I I tend to agree with you in terms of, you know, this kind of feels like a trap series. But I also raised to you that we were saying all of last year that, oh, just wait, Duluth will turn it around. That's true. And it never happened. And I don't know if that's just uh, a coaching thing. I don't know if that's, you know, the players aren't getting up and ready to play. I, I do think this team misses Dominic James a lot more than Scott Sandlin is going to be willing to admit. Sure, because oh, yeah. that's that's your that's your first line, you know, forward. That's that's the that's the heart of your lineup right there. He wins draws for you, which is going to be very key this weekend against a team in Saint Cloud, who is well after Kalamazoo. As it is say, very good, but they're they're <laughs> a very they're a good team in the faceoff dot. Uh, they yeah.
0: what was it Friday? I blame Southwest. the linesmen because they don't know how to drop a puck. That's
1: yeah, Larson actually talked about that in a bit of his post game. He said like the numbers will show that Callum Kalamaz- or not Kalamazoo that Western Michigan won a lot of those draws, but but he says that he liked it because it felt like an auto draw- an auto loss where they could just immediately pin the puck up along the boards mm-hmm. and then just win possession back. So mm-hmm. he's not a big uh, stat sheet guy unless it comes to block shots. So I, he and I and I oh, fully yeah. respect that of him. So yeah, I, I see that. It's also, it's just this Duluth team, Duluth and St. Cloud always play good games against each other. There's never any blowouts unless St. Cloud is just, you know, really reeling like they were last year when they were coming off of losing Dylan Anhorn. It was your first series without your without him, and, you know, you could see it when they were in Duluth. They just never mm-hmm. really got it going. So, I th- this feels like it'll just be solid back and forth, bruising, you know, just slugging hockey back and forth this weekend and personally that's my favorite kind of hockey to call because there's sure. not really a lot of open ice for me and I can't really extend my voice that far so uh <laughs> i uh i thoroughly enjoy when these two teams play together and uh this st cloud team uh didn't lose to didn't lose to duluth at home last year except once in the playoffs so the playoffs, two, they yeah. were two they were 4 and 1 they were 4 and 1 in against duluth at home last year so so that
0: that I one think, was a five to one loss, right?
1: Yeah. It was the game where Caster, it was the game where Bassey got where Bass. it was Bassie's last game of the year. Cause then Caster came in for that Saturday game, made that first like Scorpion save in like the first 30 seconds. Then from there, he was basically uh-huh. the reincarnation of Marty Brodor. Yeah.
0: So yeah, that's right. Um, I got an idea, something that I've been pondering. Let me know. Um, let me know what you think of this. Um, as uh, as they say on uh, the common man, let me know if I'm either on something or on to something. Um, yeah. Now, first and foremost, Brett Larson is not going to do this. So so I don't expect it to happen.
1: I'll bring it up to him at practice tomorrow.
0: Perfect. What do you think about flipping Okabe and Rodgers? If you put Rodgers Okabe. on with the Mietten in line and you put Okabe with Hall and Ingram. To try to get him a little I, bit of confidence, and try to get him a little bit more um, open ice, because I think Hall is getting going to get a lot of attention here this weekend.
1: Halsey will definitely get a lot of attention. I hesitate to say yes because I think Nick Ports needs a spot to play this weekend.
0: That's um, you know, you had a question and. You know, usually we do questions a little bit later, but let's get into it now. Um, because you had a question that I was going to talk to Andrew about about the, our uh, the greaser line. Um, so when we had um, uh, with Ashan Gross and Ryman um in there, I was I was overall I was really impressed with how they played. Um, and yeah,
1: so was coach.
0: Yeah, I really I really liked their um, determination. I don't exactly know what type of player Ryman is quite yet. Um, so I'm excited to see him kind of evolve. Uh, if but I, can, I was really surprised not to see ports there on Saturday.
1: Uh, to answer your first question, Ryman's basically Aiden and is all I can really say to you. He'll he'll, he'll just be like him. Uh, right. So that that line, uh, I'll bring it to like the point A, uh, that line that a Gross Ryman line was only put together for the Miami series because Mason Salquist was hurt coming into the series. And they weren't sure he would be able to play. They 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 brought him in just because they they asked the line charts. They brought him in just in case because Ryman and Gross are both centers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They were just talking about okay, well, worst comes to worst, if Sulkis can't go after you know after warmups, we can just you know slide everything up. And then they looked really good together. Yeah. And after that, Coach Larson was just like, "All right, we are fitting these guys. They have been playing well, and they've been playing well ever since they got put together." So that's it's good on them for not making for making it hard to take them out of the lineup. I
0: yeah, because yeah. that that was the first game against Miami because Ports played in the second game. Yep. Um. And so so they went back to him for both of the Western Michigan. So yeah, I don't I don't know where Ports kind of fits into this right now. That's kind of that, that's a that's a tough question for Coach.
1: Yeah, and I, I would say that I think he'll that Ports will eventually probably just take one of Ryman or, you know, probably just Ryman's spot because he's a right winger. So it wouldn't shock mm-hmm. me. Um, but it, right now, it's it's Jack Rogers and Nick Ports battling for who wants to play. And uh, Nick Ports is a guy that was kind of buried in lineups at North Dakota. Um, he, he came here looking for an opportunity. He's gotten opportunities. He's looked good when he's been out there on the ice. It also, I, the only reason I think he didn't play last weekend is because Jack Rogers had two points in game one and yeah. and that does that makes it very difficult for a guy to take a guy out of a lineup in that, in that kind of position. I'm expecting to see ports this weekend. I, I would be shocked if we didn't, um, but I, I'm assuming they keep that, that, uh, Sean gross Ryman line together along with, uh, Oh god, who's Rogers with uh, Hall and Ingram? So, yep. I mean i I would be I would like to see it because Ingram and Okabe kind of play power play minutes together sometimes, so there's some chemistry there. But Okabe and Vidi have played together their entire careers. That's true, and you're not going to get any better chemistry than that. And I also and I'm pretty sure Okabe,
0: that uh, Okabe can probably speak Finnish by now. I mean, he does. He does. He's, he's <laughs>
1: Him and uh, uh, Kronola had a really good soundbite last year where it was against North Dakota at home. It was the goal where he came up to the North Dakota fan and shushed them after he scored. And him and Okabe talked to each other and finished when they're skating down the ice. Just because there's like a couple of like words that he knows, and there's one word that he that Okabi knows for certain that means put the puck on net like off the pad for a rebound, and he did it, and Kronola immediately tapped it in for a goal oh. so they, so okabi Okabi knows a little bit I wouldn't say he's fluent yet, but uh <laughs> I Okabi knows a little bit of uh of Finland's native tongue oh. yeah but uh yeah i, I wouldn't expect Okabi to move especially he got an assist on saturday which by all means it could have opened the floodgates i yeah. guess we'll have to wait and find out till friday
0: oh we'll, we'll find out on friday cuz i like i think i think once he gets back on track it's 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 going to be scary how this team looks so um uh yeah anything else uh, kind of about uh minnesota duluth um uh, or anything really around uh, college hockey that kind of piqued your interest. Um, right now, uh, I'm 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 looking at Maine. Um, yeah, you know they've been, um, you know they they've been kind of the darlings there of hockey East right now. Uh, surprising, uh, you know Boston College and and whatnot. So that that was surprised. He had a good series against um uh between the Gophers and Michigan who we'll see uh Michigan coming up soon. So uh that that yep, was kind weeks. of a heavy tilt. Yeah. So that'll be, um, anything uh, else kinda of piqued your interest around uh college hockey? Uh
1: one thing I do want to touch on before we uh before we move on to other stuff. Uh women's hockey we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh women's hockey is uh-huh. at uh at Saint Thomas on Friday, that game will be on ninety-seven five Radio X. If you're looking for any listening pleasure, it'll also be on Big Ten Plus. Yeah, as it usually is for WCHA games. If you have that pass, I do. It's fun. Um, and then uh, they're great also value, at home. Too. Yeah, they they right, do a great right. job. And uh,
0: sixty bucks for yeah. men's and women's games, and. Exactly. I mean, I got it too soon. If I would have waited a week, I could have got it for 30 because they had a flash sale. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah. when you look at every other streaming service and how much they charge, um, definitely the Big Ten's the best bang for your buck.
1: Yeah. Especially um, because you will also
0: get Minnesota-Michigan uh, uh, series, which uh, I know yeah. uh, ticked off a lot of people that that wasn't on the Big Ten
1: network. I, so. uh, well, basketball always takes precedent. So. No. Uh, but... <laughs> Yeah, uh, that that uh, game will be on 97.5 Radio X on Friday at 6 o'clock Puck Drop. Saturday, we're doing a Husky Hockey doubleheader on KVSC with the women's game starting Ooh. at 1 o'clock. And the men's game will, of course, start at 6 o'clock. But pregame for the men's game will start at 5.30. We have some uh, syndicated programming that we have to play from 12 to uh, 12.45 or so on their station. So the pregame for the women's game will be a little bit shorter. But, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm really excited, at, specifically as a sports director, to give our women's team the coverage that they specifically deserve because the turnaround that they've had uh, these past couple of years has been phenomenal, and the people that want to cover it for our station are also very plentiful as well. Max Dygoth and Zach Chapman, who you heard last weekend on the call for KBSC for men's hockey, do a, an, an incredible job with that squad. So uh, big shout-out to them. So uh, Awesome. I, uh, that'll also be fun. And then uh, we we may have something planned uh, specifically KBSC oriented for Hockey Day Minnesota when that rolls around. So stay tuned for Ooh. that.
0: Ooh, a little teaser. I like it. So yeah, let's uh, let's talk about the women. Uh, women who were off last week. Uh, WCHA uh, as a conference took it off. Uh, they had the uh, USA Canada rivalry series. Um, they had a game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh down in Arizona and I believe California. Uh what's see. Yeah, they had
1: a game at uh, where the uh the that wasn't the Staples Center, but like their uh Ontario, California. I think. I don't know, Giselle was there. She'd probably have a better idea. Wherever the rain affiliate is.
0: So it was um your Team USA uh takes uh takes both games. I'd be a little bit more excited if they didn't take the uh both games last year, uh before ended up losing the rivalry series uh to Canada. But huh. uh hopefully uh they're able to um uh kind of kinda close the door and finish this out. But um fun fun series <sighs> and god I absolutely love watching women's hockey too. So um they do have one game um at the X uh in February thinking about maybe going to that so um but uh you know i think the off way kind of comes at a good time uh it was a tough weekend um against wisconsin where they played a lot better than what the source sheets indicated um they moved
1: up uh, in the poll
0: they (laughs) moved up in the polls after getting swept which you don't often see if ever um but uh, what's even crazier is that you could look at that and be like yeah i get you can make a point for that i mean Wisconsin is incredibly good and incredibly deep. So, yes. um, but, um, you know, they got, uh, St. Thomas, uh, St. Thomas played on Thursday, last Thursday against Mankato in the, um, uh, hall of fame game, the hall of fame. So it was, uh, so technically it was a non-conference victory, um, since yeah, that was an extra game. Yeah, I think
1: is... Let me just stand on it, which I think is stupid, by the way. I, I said it last year yeah. when St. Paul was playing the Gophers in that series. I think that's the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, like, it's, it, it,
0: it didn't make any sense.
1: That'd be like pulling, like, uh, I'm trying to think of anything, like...
0: I don't know, I would just, I don't know, that'd be. Saint Cloud, North Dakota playing in a game and just for one game, and it's like doesn't count for anything in the standings.
1: Yeah. It's like grabbing the Golden Knights and Rangers in the middle of like January and saying, Oh yeah, you guys are gonna go to uh like Sweden and play an exhibition against each other. <laughs> no so uh
0: but uh Saint Thomas um who you know did win still searching this year for their first um conference win, so I am. Uh, looking for the Huskies to really, um, you know, hopefully get healthy first and foremost, um, Grace Wolf. I saw her, um, on crutches. Um, but she, she was putting weight on the foots. Um, and she wasn't in a cast or anything. And she was really nice by the way, cause she was uh, interacting with Clara. Clara would walk up and say hi to her and run away. Um, everybody, every, and, you know, I, I can't imagine anyone's listening, uh, who plays on the women's team, but just know that, you know, the, a lot of the women's team, the the players that were scratched that were kind of sitting in the corner and were really wonderful with my kids, um, whenever they would kind of run around and just be, you know, I try to be kind of out, you know, under, you know, behind the goal away from everybody to let them kind of burn off some energy, um, and whatnot, but yeah, they were well uh, they were they were really nice.
1: <laughs> they're they're coming for your job. Jojo and Avery Myers just started a podcast. So
0: Oh, did they? I'll go ahead and definitely yeah. listen to that.
1: Let me let um, me uh I can pull up the name of it so I can give them a quick shout out real quick. I saw them today. So shout out oh, to Avery perfect. and Jojo.
0: Um <laughs> It's always awkward um when I uh make a little bit of an aside or, or I didn't know that they were fully going with the goaltending rotation where it was going to be a whole of Jojo back and forth. Um, And then Jojo got the start after again, another one of a whole of shutouts earlier in the year. Um, And I was like, Oh, that's a real surprise. And then she wins. And then Jojo liked that tweet. So I was like, Oh, yep. Yep. You caught me there. (laughs) caught me red handed on that
1: one. I can't find it. They haven't posted on their Instagrams in like two days, uh, two seconds. So, I'll find uh, it I promise.
0: Well, uh, we'll make sure to to uh let that out um once once we know what what it is. Um but as as far as St. Thomas uh goes, it's you know, they started out the season 4 and 0, but it's you know, Franklin Pierce and Lindenwood um and then they ran that WCHA gauntlet that comes for everybody, Minnesota, Ohio State, Wisconsin. Um, you know, in back to back weeks and, uh, and then Minnesota Duluth and dropped all of those. So, um, these are the series where if, uh, if the Huskies really want to prove that they're going to be in the top half of the WCHA, this is the series that we need to get these six points out of. Um, so that's kind of the key aspects when it comes to these series, just take care of business. I think Adelsky is going to have that. I think the buy comes at a right time, um, to get everybody a little healthy, only playing five defense against Wisconsin. And I know Harvey was out for Wisconsin, um, which was a big hit to them as well, but they're just too deep and too good. Um, so I hope the uh, the buy, I think it came at a right time for them.
1: Yeah, you got to get healthy. Uh, that means it would probably be two for two in uh, teams that uh, have had the buy go go the correct way for Saint Cloud, with you know the men's team getting their bye and then sweeping yeah. two series in a row, and hopefully the women's getting a buy and then hopefully sweeping two series in a row. But uh, yeah, it's I I've always been high on this women's team. Even before this season, I was like they're they're going to be a top ten team in this in this country at some point, and. I I had just been waiting for it, and I was waiting for it. The poll was the first poll came out, and they were like fourteenth, and I was like, okay, that makes that makes sense at least a little bit. So, I just I I it's so hard to gauge this team, you know, because they put up a really good performance against Wisconsin. They barely had anybody that was good enough or like healthy enough to play. At that point, yeah, and that defense. I think they dressed at five defensemen. Clara was banged up that that entire second, that entire Saturday game. So yeah. I
0: and and she was on defense too. I mean, so that's one of your yeah. somebody who normally has doesn't play defense on defense, who's also you know banged up and, and and whatnot. So, um, it's uh you know take care of business here this weekend because right after that you got um you got Ohio you're at Ohio state. Um, you got uh, the lone Tuesday game against Minnesota and then you got two games against Minnesota Duluth. So this is where, you know, points are really at a premium here. So if you want to be in that top four of the WCHA, this is, um, you know, this is kind of a pivotal time for that. Um, obviously looking at the schedule though, the big one, Wisconsin, Ohio state, I mean, that's going to be just a slug fest. Um, uh, this weekend. So I'm going to be looking forward to having that also uh, on in the background.
1: Yeah, those uh, it's where the, this is where the big boys play. Uh, mm-hmm. so I I'm expecting them to put up good competition against most of these, if not all of the top teams in the in the WCHA because they've proven that they could do in the past. I'm not going to go out and flat out say that I think they're going to, you know, steal points from all of them. There's going to be series that are just going to be tough and you're not going to be able to do a lot. But once again, I've, I've said that I think this team can finish fourth in this conference. And I, uh, and I I still stand by that. I think their floor is finishing fifth, but I, I think I said on our preview podcast that I think if they finish fifth, I think they win a playoff series. So I, and it's also no question that this this team also plays better on the short ice, which is uh, or on the smaller ice, excuse me, which is you know mm-hmm. it's one of the pleasures for the men's team and one of the weaknesses for the for the women's team. Um, yeah. But with what what uh, Mick is reporting of them maybe shrinking it by three or so feet, uh, maybe we don't have to worry <laughs> about it to as much to an extent uh, anymore.
0: Three feet? I don't know. I just like. Uh, like i i get it like i get like shrinking it and all but i don't know i like my whole point was because i got a little flag on twitter about it too it's like my whole thought is like three is just an odd number or it's just like for human psyche wise like five feet makes sense like just it's divisible by like that's why like three is just a weird number and like to even call that that's not like that's not even dad bought ice at that point. That's like yeah, you, you had a good week of cardio ice <laughs> where all of a sudden you yeah. look and you're like, hey, I lost 10 pounds. And then you yeah. eat a Cinnabon later and then all of a sudden it comes back. So,
1: You know, you you don't really realize how big the ice is when you're in the press box until you sit down on the level that the ice is like, I, I like stood like with the Zamboni doors open at the ice once. And I just looked left to right. I felt like I was looking at like across a freeway Yeah, that it is massive. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I'm a proponent of shrinking it. I understand that the money wise things that you're not going to get a lot of, you know, uh, what's what I'm looking for facility, uh, yeah. like additions slash, uh, I don't know. Well, it's 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 so. that,
0: and I mean the sight lines too. I mean, even you look at Mariucci, and they didn't even shrink it down all the way, and their sight lines still looked a little bit wonky when it comes to lower levels. So,
1: well, well, if but, you ask Gopher Puck Live, Saint Cloud State University is not going to exist in five years. So, uh, I don't.
0: God, don't get me started with that. God. <laughs> I was like, why anybody trusts anything when it comes to Husky hockey, like when their fan base is on somebody else it's like don't even don't even get me started i almost i almost got into that also with uh alex micheletti too when he was he was Uh, talking about when he was talking about uh gruba and how st cloud switched course or whatnot
1: don't just like with like like, come on he's a he's a He's a character. Yeah. Well, I don't trust uh, any but,
0: Micheletti when it comes to hus- Husky Hockey. So that that's uh, actually just kind of a good rule of thumb.
1: I will say Pat Micheletti was very nice to me in my few interactions I've had with him. Oh, and he God. actually, he also got very upset when Purvix was hauled down against the Gophers. <laughs> so uh, maybe he's a, he's an inside agent. He's got He's garnering ah, information.
0: Well, well. Yeah, I don't know about that, but... Um,
1: also, uh, en- en- enrollment, we... is up se- enrollment is up 7.7% this year, by the way, in case anybody was wondering. Just... Anyway.
0: Anyway, back so anyway, to the fish
1: story. The infamous <laughs> fish story. We
0: have... Um, uh, you actually asked a question. Uh, favorite uh, UMD memory. Um, and I've actually got one that has a little bit of a story attached to it. Um, back I don't really have in... any, so... Back in my college day, um uh an uh, oh seven, I think, playoff series, um I was a night supervisor at shoemaker. So I worked the oh uh, Lord. I worked the 12 a.m. to six a.m. shift um the Sunday to Monday. And uh Sunday night, seven o'clock game was uh against Minnesota Duluth and uh, sure enough, that game ends up going into three overtimes. So, uh, I call my boss after the second overtime. Um, and I just call, and she answers the phone Hi, Travis, where are you at right now? And I said, I'm at the hockey game. She's like, Are you gonna be in late to work today? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yep. That's okay. I'll cover for you. Cause I mean, she was watching the game anyway. So, so she was able to cover. And the good thing is that, uh, you know, uh, shoemaker is just right there. So it's not like I had to that far to go before. I'm, I was tired that shift. That's for sure. Uh, but did they win. They did win. Uh, Andreas Nodal, uh, with the game winning goal in the third overtime, uh, from Casey Borer. um, you know, if we got, if we got uh, let's do a random box score. Uh, shots were sixty nine to sixty five this game. Um, nice. So, like you get into three overtimes, you think uh, everyone's going to be dead tired? No,pe they, they were still firing the puck at that time. Uh first period lash from Raidens and Chronic. Um, you know, if it's a game against Duluth, Dan Chronic was going to score. Uh, Dan Chronic was Just a like transfer <laughs> from the Bulldogs to Saint Cloud State. And pretty much only scored against the Bulldogs. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of his...
1: Uh, it's like it's like against St. Cloud.
0: Yeah. Uh, Brian McGregor uh, from Matt Niskanen and Mason Raymond tied it up. Uh, Nick Kemp and Ryan Jarris on the... Who are those two? Don't remember either. McGregor was a heck of a player for Duluth. Kemp and Jarris. Don't remember either of them. Johnny Swanson in the third period ends up tying it two to two and then two overtimes and nothing. And then halfway through the third overtime, Nodal puts it in. And then uh, we were able to go to the X, Um, which I think we lost. I think we lost uh, both games at the final five and then lost to Maine that year. So that was the last win of the season for the Huskies. A couple years later, uh, we played in Duluth. And we had another three overtime game uh, huh. in that series, and in the end, um, Minnesota Duluth ended up winning. Uh, you know, shortly into the third overtime, with Connolly scoring from Henderson and Fontaine, and I believe they went on to win the national title. So was that
1: uh, was that Brett Connolly? Mike. Mike. Okay, I thought it was the one that played for the Capitals.
0: Oh, they had Mike and Jack Connolly was on the same line with Justin Fontaine.
1: Huh? Yeah, my my best St. Cloud State UMD memory. Uh, ending their season last year? I don't. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, that's, that's a good one. I, I like that memory, too. Uh, speaking I'm, knocking of... on,
1: I'm knocking on wood right now, by the way. I haven't called a game where St. Cloud lost to Duluth yet on play-by-play.
0: Hey, there we go. I'll take it. Uh, Dan Jacobson, a uh, friend of the show and avid Minnesota Duluth fan, asked, Can the hockey season be over yet? Um, <laughs> uh, oh. go Huskies Woo. I also had kind of a good banter about, uh, you know, kind of this is the inevitable weekend where they turn this and uh make a run at the natty because uh, that's how things happen sometimes against Duluth. So, um, my friend Donna uh asked why did you complain so much about a sweep? And I guess that's fair. Uh looking at my tweets, they were a little bit harsher than uh maybe how we played, uh, but that's just kinda how I felt about the games, uh Western Michigan uh, as I played. But
1: I yeah, it was uh, I mean I wouldn't I, I wouldn't say the Huskies played their best hockey last weekend, and I'm sure they know that. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to tend to agree with you that I, th- I, I'll always be happy about it sweep, no matter how it happens. Uh, but yeah. I,
0: especially in this league. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I'll, so. I'll, I'll, I'll live with, I will, if St. Cloud won every game, one to nothing, I might need a heart transplant, but I'd be happy
0: <laughs> as long as we can clear the zone. I don't care how we win. Um, uh, <laughs> Jody and Kathy Anhorn, Uh, a quick look at most of the stats this year versus last year, uh, very similar metrics shots taken versus against are slightly improved uh, with goals against being the same, but we're tracking fewer number goals for, uh, what's your opinion on this team's scoring potential this year versus last year? Uh, first off that is way more in depth, uh, when it comes to stats than I normally do on this podcast. So thank you for that. Um, But the big thing that I look at is you look at who we lost last year, and every team can kind of play that game of who we lose last year and where our scoring was. But not only was it Cronulla and Crookshank, but it was two experienced centers. And I think the biggest thing is that, and I've said it since the beginning of the season and the previews and everything, is depth down the middle is incredibly key in hockey. And I think that we're still kind of trying to figure that out with some of our players. I mean, we, right at the beginning, we started with Ingram at center. Um, Then we, you know, end up moving him to wing and hall at center. So it's, I think it's just kind of one of those situations that um, the center really, you know, kind of drives um, some of that possession battle and um, really opens up some lanes. And when you have them like Cronel and Cruikshank who are so pivotal, um, I think that's kind of, the, the big difference and the big key when it comes to it.
1: Yeah. Uh, Coach Larson talks a lot about, he talked way earlier this year about uh, for this team to be as good, if not better as they were last year, you're going to need those unknown guys to score. Like you're going to need the, he's actually coined, you know, the guy that he wasn't expecting to do a lot, you know, in terms of scoring the Crookshank guy, the guy that you'll come in expecting, you know, for 10 goals out of the transfer portal or out of nowhere. And he'll score 20 for you mm-hmm. right now. It's looking like Joe Bolinar is that kind of player. Uh, he's, he is, he already has more goals this season than I think he did his entire career combined coming into this season. Um, he, I will say personally, I gave him a lot of flack last year. I don't, I don't think it was all deserved. I think I was just more looking for somebody to blame and I will be the first one to say that, um, he has kind of surpassed my expectations as to, you know, what I thought his ceiling was. I thought at most, he was a third line right winger. And he's playing first line minutes for Saint Cloud State right now, and he is scoring whenever mm-hmm. you know when it's important. Um, I mean, he's he's finding you know guys in open passing lanes. He's playing power play minutes right now, and this has been a guy that's we that Saint Cloud you know was high on when they got him you know as a recruit out of Minnetonka and you know Fargo or not Fargo Tri City. I this guy was a line mate with Matthew Nyes in uh, in Tri City, so. Huskies were very high on him. Uh, So I wasn't expecting him to do a lot this year, but you know, he's surpassed my expectations. He's looked really good. His shot is there. Um, And if you'll allow me to pull up my line chart from the other night, so I can remember who else I wanted to talk about. Sorry about that. My phone is being stupid. Uh, You look at guys like, uh, you know, Werner Miettinen coming out of nowhere and scoring when he needs to. Uh, He's looked really good for St. Cloud State. You talk about this depth down the middle this guy's playing second line center as a freshman and he's, and, he's, and he doesn't look out of really place comfortable at all. He doing looks it. so yeah. good. Yep. He, he looks phenomenal right now for St. Cloud state. You'd mentioned Barrett Hall is playing center and Adam Ingram has slid over to left wing. I've liked that move so far. Hall is winning draws. Ingram is still, he's still Adam Ingram. He has one of the best shots in the NCHC. Barrett Hall has been very good this year. I mentioned him as my, probably my leading scorer out of the freshmen when we did our preview podcast as well. I did. And then my my Greece Monaco
0: pick doesn't uh, doesn't look too good right now as she hasn't seen the ice, (laughs) but
1: Uh, she'll be she'll she'll uh, turn it around point (laughs) one point in her at one point in her career. I promise you she will. She will (laughs) uh, impress you. Uh, then you look at that, da- like down the defense. Uh, you look at guys like Dylan Anhorn, who we were who we were expecting to be really good this year. It took him a while to find himself. Uh, you mentioned, mm-hmm. it, you talk about, you know, earlier this year he does, he didn't look like he was, you know, back to 100, percent. still trying to get back to game speed. Now he looks like the Hobie Baker candidate that we've been waiting for him to be since he got hurt. He he looks like he's yeah. facilitating play. He slows the game down. It felt like he it feels like he's playing in slow motion whenever he has the puck and he's bringing it up the ice. And he's at his best when he's facing adversity. That Kalamazoo student section was giving him all of the crap in the world, and he was smiling through every single bit of it. And it, it, it's really nice to see him go. And then you look at guys like Josh Litke. Uh, Litke has four points already this year. He's He's been really good. I know he missed a prolonged period last year because of that head injury he sustained in Game 1. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's looked really good. That one goal that he scored, was it bad? Uh, yeah, I, you got to make that save if you're Bruno Breveris uh Jack Peart uh Peart looks I know you you guys give him a lot of flack on here sometimes as well just for you know not developing as quickly as we wanted him to he's looked really good this year
0: well I mean it, it like well I agree with you yeah he he's looked good at times yeah I'm scared <laughs> But yeah, the way he plays, uh, you buy the ticket, you ride the ride, so to speak. So it's, uh, you know, you'll, you'll have kind of those moments, you will have those flashes, but yeah, I mean, with that as well, I mean, we'll talk about, you know, when we talked about Warren Clark earlier, um, how, you know, they're going to play him because you see what type of upside he has. Pierre was like that his freshman year, um, where, yeah, he, I, he was slower to develop, but also the type of game that he plays, uh, maybe it was unfair because we were just um, off of Jack Ashan, um who was probably the best at that uh, that St. Cloud has ever seen. Um, so maybe it was a little bit unfair for me to just kind of plug and play and expect that from a freshman. So but yeah, I mean, he's I mean, both of them are, are you know, uh, Pierre is getting, you know, I'm getting a little bit more comfortable with them every week. Um, except every once in a while, but once a game, he'll still have a play that I'm like, Ooh, that was, <laughs> but you, you get that with when he generates offensive chances. So,
1: and the good thing, I, I say good thing for him, but good thing for us is if he keeps having those moments, uh, maybe Billy Garrett will let him play another year at college before he turns pro, which yep. I would thoroughly enjoy. So, exactly. um, I think, uh, you know, guys like Lidkey, guys like Peart. I'd say those are those are your two options for captain next year for St. Cloud State. Uh, Lidkey is already wearing an A his junior year, so I'm, i I think if I had to put like hundred bucks down, I think Lidkey's going to be wearing the C next year. That team respects the hell out of him, and I do too. He's one of the nicest kids I've ever met. And then it all it all ends with your goaltender, and, and Dominic Bassey has, for all that you know, he's shown hasn't shown. He's been a solid goaltender. He hasn't, you know, the only, I'd say, bad game that he has had was probably against St. Thomas that first game. I know that he got pulled against Mankato, but his team was not playing good at all in front of him on that game.
0: Yeah, and that I
1: agree with. And, you know, for for the Huskies to win games, Bassey's going to have to steal some games. Remember that Friday game against Western Michigan last week? That They had two seconds left, and they had the puck right there on the near side post. And Bassy with his glove off puts his hand on with top his of his glove. The off. Yeah. I, Which,
0: I mean, they the NCHC TV uh, must have been off on, on the counter because when I saw even the hint of the ref about to blow the whistle, I, I looked and it was like 0. 0.4 left. And then they added yeah. two and at 0.3 on. I'm like, whoa, that's a lot.
1: I, I, I had it pulled up because we don't get monitors there, so I had it pulled up on my computer so I could like go back and see like what happened so I could describe plays because I was doing color. And I look at it, and I'm like, at most, I think they can put 1.4 seconds on the clock. And then it happened, and I'm like, oh, well, if, if this happens right now, I'm going to be a little upset. But uh, yeah. yeah. Well, especially I,
0: because bet. of how like the Minnesota-St. Cloud um, game uh, for the women's side – where we make it two to one and we have a center ice, you know, with seconds left. And we were able to even get a scoring chance off that. Himmler was able to yeah. create that from center ice. So I'm still having this kind of flashback. It was like, uh, okay, let's finish it off here. But,
1: and, and I, I, I think Bassey is a very good goaltender. I, I think he's top. He's one of the best in the conference. That's for true. I think Teeson and Pearson, Tison Pearson and Baraco Bassi are probably in my top five of, of goalies in in this conference right now, and, and I know I know Ludvig Pearson gets like a lot of you know respect because he plays for North Dakota and he's a transfer and he was good at Miami, but you know he's he's a good goaltender. And Baraco hasn't been great this year, but he, in terms of talent wise, that's fine. Coach Larson and the guys call call Dominic Bassi big smooth because. Even when he's given up goals, his emotion does not change whatsoever. He always has the same blank facial expression, which I mean, goalies are psychotic. And that's pretty well documented. So <laughs> I mean, that's uh, true, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's when he is on, you can tell he. I like I said earlier, he just needs to face a couple of shots early for him to you know fully settle in. And he has a shutout. He has three shutouts this year, six in his career, by the way. Already has three, and he you know two straight Saturdays with a shutout for him. And he's looked at least he's passed two weeks on this four game winning streak. Like the goalie that we saw battling with Jackson caster for the starting job last year. And then, you know, you look at guys, you know, down that goalie as well. You see Isaac posh who looked really good in the game that he played in relief against Mankato posh looked solid there. I don't want to get speculation, but I think he's going to be the guy next season. I think he's going to be a, a sophomore starting goaltender. I, I like Jimmy Gray a lot. I think he's a very good goaltender. It's just he got hurt at the wrong time. And yeah. that sometimes that just happens. And you know, Jimmy's a Jimmy will be a very good goaltender no matter what situation he is in. I'd imagine he probably not and once again, Jimmy if you're listening to this, this is not a knock on you whatsoever. I just think right now he will probably especially with how Posh has been playing, and you know, you know, Brett Larson's affinity and the coaching staff's affinity for European uh, goaltenders. Uh, I'm assuming Posh will get the starting nod next season. <laughs> I also... It wouldn't shock me at all if, if we see Posh this weekend. Bassey has played 10 games. And, yeah. And, and I know every point matters in this conference, but St. Cloud you can get swept this weekend and still be first in the conference. And I, I know you don't really want to talk about that at all, but I... I I, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me at all if if Posh gets gets a nod and I and I would be and I would be personally I'd be fine. I
0: I mean, at the beginning of the year, I was fan of a goalie tandem in general because I just have a little bit of PTSD after Rennick going down with pneumonia, and then Cat. Like, you do need to play these games, and I don't really buy into the narrative of, oh, it's the backup goaltender. You're disrespecting the other team, which. Some people actually have that type and it's like I, You gotta give people rest sometimes.
1: The only the only thing that I've seen like this year that like really makes me upset about backup goaltenders. Miami threw uh Breveris out there for Saturday's game two against St. Cloud State. He was a healthy scratch last weekend. Uh I don't know what, what Bergeron was thinking doing that. I don't know if the if Berveris's confidence took a massive hit, which I feel bad for the guy personally because, like, he got thrown to the Wolves, man. Like, thrown to the Huskies, I guess, technically. But uh, he (laughs) just – he – I feel so bad for him. And uh, Posh is a very good goaltender, by the way. He put up great numbers in the NAHL. He didn't have a good season in the USHL the year prior. But, you know, uh, Jackson Castor wasn't a good – well, didn't see a lot of USHL time. And look how he ended up here. Uh, Dominic Bass, he was a decent goaltender at Youngstown. but I mean he. Then he got beat out for a job by Matt Vernon, and now he he was a Richter candidate for three quarters of the year last year. So you yeah. find your goalies wherever you're going to find them, and you just got to play them. And I I would be personally I, I'd like to see more of Posh because I think he's very very stoic and calm in the crease, just like Bassi. And you know the tutelage that Dominic brings to that position as well is going to help Posh in the long run. And I think Posh just needs to see some uh, sure. some experience.
0: Yeah, I, I I just feel you need to get some of these uh, games under the belt um, for some some of these players, and I think Larson knows that as well.
1: Um, yeah, we uh, we well, God, uh, it was just really easy for him last year because he could throw out any given day. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I, could, I feel confident we can win this game. But the year prior and really was, uh, out is, of
0: anybody, uh, Adolski has the easiest job uh, <laughs> because <laughs> you just fall into the rotation of Ahola uh, and Cholback, and it doesn't matter because you've got. Probably a one-two combination of the best goaltenders in um, the WCHA.
1: Yeah, because that's where
0: Wisconsin—that's where Wisconsin's really weak too. Because I—I I wasn't really impressed with their uh, with their goalie. But
1: and neither was I, and I stood behind them for two periods. <laughs> but uh, I and a hole is back next year too. By the way, so uh, yeah. I'm expecting. Her and uh, Paige Hoogendam is the is the freshman tender that's scratched most of the time because in women's hockey you're not allowed to dress three goalies for some reason. Uh, so I that'll be a fun thing to watch. But yeah, I'd expect her, Posh to her get name, a look here. Her
0: name is Hoogendam?
1: Yeah, Paige Hugendam. That's Awesome, love yeah, it. Yeah, she's a she's she's a good goalie. So. Hmm. But yeah, goaltending is very weird because you don't exactly need a great goaltender to be, you know, a, a world beater in college hockey. Like, uh, like look at like, a, like per- was not good for Quinnipiac in the national tournament last year, and they won the and they won the uh, and they won the dang thing. So yeah. I, I don't, I.
0: Well, I mean, Motzko going into a shell for the Gophers was a dumb uh, idea Yeah, Motzko
1: starting his fourth line against the first line of Quinnipiac was also very stupid. Great, I was a uh, funny story about that game. I was in a movie theater watching the new Indiana Jones movie with my girlfriend. At that mm-hmm. at that time, and uh, I we were because we went out to eat before the game, and I had to like pull up my phone and like it went to it went to like the intermission before the overtime, right when we got to the theater. So I'm like, ah, oh, damn it, I'm gonna miss how this goes. And I have notifications on for guys like you for like for Go Huskies Woo and for you know several other Husky personalities that like I like to hear from. And I got, like, I kid you not, like six sequential notifications on my phone. So I'm like, okay, either the Gophers just wanted an overtime or Quinnipiac just did the something, funniest thing ever.
0: Something really good or really bad happened.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I take out my phone because we're sitting in the back row of the theater. I take out my phone. I look at it and I get and I like look at my CHN notification. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I see it was like eight seconds in and I'm like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That was uh, that was a. That that was a very sweet topping to the bitter end that was the season last year yeah, for St. Cloud
0: State. True. Uh TJ Selvy, uh feels like uh things gelled uh the last two series uh, and it looks like we've got uh four solid lines. I agree. Uh do you think yep. Larson has uh settled into in the right groupings? Um uh, yeah. I definitely think so. I don't I don't know what you would change. Again, I did say switching out Rodgers and Okabe, and I still don't hate that idea. I still don't think Brett's going to do it. Um, but, um, you know, just anything to kind of get Okabe going. And I think he will. Um, I, I think it's just an, a matter of a win. Um, but I think just the lines that he has um, right now, you know, this isn't the you know, the, the days of, you know, where we have the Koslas and the Jacksons and et cetera, et cetera, but we're going to have, um, solid play up and down. Um, and we're going to, we're learning to win different ways and we're winning games, you know, arguably that you can say we shouldn't, we're winning games that we should. Um, and again, two overtime losses, which is just clown hockey. When it comes to me, we're, we're singing a whole different tune. And that's uh, the crazy thing about, college hockey
1: yeah I think groupings wise he he has done a great job with it I, I wouldn't be shocked if you see just like a line shifted one or two like up or down like I wouldn't be surprised if like VD Werner and Okabe are like the top line on a given day or anything like that um by the way those if for anybody that cares the VD Werner Okabe line is the international line again if if anybody really matters That's, or you time is
0: it. a flat circle yeah <laughs> wibbly wobbly timey whiny so or you could
1: call him the or you could call him the uh i i I like calling him the bros and oaks
0: oh i kind of like that one
1: so uh that that's also something it wouldn't shock me if adam ingram you know moves around a little bit with because i like him on that line with hall but i feel like that's more of a i feel like that's too much finesse on one line you know what i mean like you need a guy that's going to you know drive it and that was jack rogers last weekend and it can be ports in other games but Adam Ingram is too good to the point where I feel like he'll go on a run where like he has a five point weekend and then he'll slide up to like uh like he'll take I don't know like Molinar's spot on the right wing or something for like a game or two. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think all in all he's settled in the right combinations for uh for that. Defensive wise, pairs are correct, I'd say so as well. So
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think this is where You know, Larson will have these lines kind of set up and uh like you said he'll move some things shuffle them around but this might be like old reliable here like to get you out he, of the uh, rut. you'll kind of pencil this one back in. Is like okay let's go back to this one because we changed some things up sometimes he might even put everything into a blender and just kind of for for a game or two but um i think this is going to be kind of a fallback it's like option because of how well all these players are playing
1: that stretch after Duluth last year where he, we didn't have any semblance of the like, c- consistency on the line where it was just like all going wrong for St. Cloud was odd last year, but yeah, I, I think this will stay. He, uh, one thing I want to touch on, we talked about the Ryman gross, Ashan line. Um, coach Larson says that this, this line for him is his new hammer line from, uh, you know, when Will Hammer was here that year that they played Mankato oh, sure and enough. Them in the frozen four. So he thinks mm-hmm. that this line is his new hammer line. He feels like he can put them out against anybody. And, uh, I, I talked to him a little bit post game, which is where the soundbite that people are liking comes from. Uh, Granted, Sean is just a rat. He is he is <laughs> so pesky. He's he's just so fun to watch play. I he would be the worst player like that I would ever watch play hockey if he was on any other team. But since he's here, I love him. He is he, he scores. He's oh, I love him. He
0: really reminds me of like a Nick Oliver type. Um, yeah, he, and, and, and that type coach, of a grind. It, him he down.
1: said that. Uh-huh. He said that when we were in, when we were in Kalamazoo, I talked to him. He's like, does he remind you of anybody at all? He's just, yeah. And kid you not. He goes to the guy over there in in Madison, uh, Nick Oliver.
0: <laughs> well, that's why you listen to this podcast because I just, I just know so much. Like I just pick up on that. And,
1: and then he, yeah. uh, he, he coined the group on, on Saturday, a, a gritty bunch of rats. So uh mm-hmm. That's, I guess, that's their their identity now. So that's what I will be. That's what I will be calling them now for the rest of the season. Is a bunch of rats. Perfect.
0: Um, well, uh, Alex, I do want to thank you for uh, kind of subbing in. Any any last uh, thoughts? Any last words uh, here before um, you start doing some homework and uh, listen to KVSC for the weekend? Uh,
1: yeah, uh, just. Listen to us call games, or if you want to listen to Jim Rich and Gino Parrish, I like what those guys do as well. Husky Productions does a great job with their whole with their whole escapade, so a big shout-out to them as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be going live for pregame on Friday at 7 o'clock p.m. Central. On Saturday, we'll be live for pregame for women's hockey at uh, 12.50, and then for men's hockey, we'll be going live at 5.30. So that should be a, a lot of fun. We're going to try to do some sort of post-game show. Like a long, like an actual, like in presser conference post game show uh, this week, if we can figure it out enough, but uh, we'll let you know about that. And then, uh, yeah. Uh, also, if you if you feel free not to, you know, plug ourselves anymore. If you want to become a KBSC member, you can go to the KBSC.org dot uh, KBSC webpage and click on the donate tab, and you know, helps send us, you know, guys like little old me to Kalamazoo, where they're disappointed because there's no hot dogs. So, mm-hmm. and we appreciate everything you guys do for us.
0: Yep. And, uh, and you had to take the road trip back too, right after the game. So, yep,
1: we drove back Saturday night and got here at five o'clock in the morning. So,
0: um, well, uh, thank you. Uh, obviously, KVSC, you um, just kind of a world, it's, it's just world, cap, world class when it comes to, um, you know, really anything MassCom related when it comes to the um, St. Cloud State, UTVS, KVSC. You guys do it. Uh, a magnificent job and it shows with all the rewards you guys win so so keep up the great work.
1: <laughs> well we appreciate it. we appreciate it we will try to win more so we can you know get that and then hopefully i'll I'll talk to coach maybe they can bring some hardware home come uh, march or april too That'd there be, uh, we
0: go time. love it uh, at, uh i'm at uh or i'm weldy at more clappers m-o-a-r more clappers uh alex want to plug your twitter quick
1: uh at alex in the booth on everything by the way so snapchat instagram twitter all that jazz so feel free to give me a follow oh uh yeah i uh, i I, i'm not cool enough for instagram so if if you're if you're any if you're a mood if you're in a mood to hear my nfl takes because my uh need to remind you there's only one broncos team that won this week and it was my broncos so uh let's ride baby (laughs)
0: And on that note, (laughs) until next time, go Huskies. Woo.
1: Whoa.